Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television. Right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win. Don't let Dave win. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark, joined on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon by Ben Solak. Ben, hello. What's going on, Kev? Steven Ruiz is here. How's it going? It's going great. So we're going to do top 10 receivers at the end we're going to have Justin Jefferson, who I think is on all of our lists. Uh, he's certainly on Justin Jefferson's list um, to critique our lists, to give some breakdowns of the top receivers in football this year, next year, all of that stuff. He also, I didn't explicitly ask him to rank himself, but then he ranked himself, um, as all the greats do. Steven, you were making it. So Darren Waller uh, made a list also uh, about top tight ends and ranked himself first. And you made the observation that you're a loser if you don't rank yourself first. Is that correct? Yes. Under any circumstance. Yeah. I don't care if you're like, uh, I don't know, Brandon Cooks. He should think he's the, the best. This is the NFL. exact correct take. Uh, the number six overall pick in the NBA draft, uh, yeah. Matherin out of Arizona, yeah. uh, was selected by the Pacers. and was basically like, I'm excited to play LeBron. See if he can hang with me. That is the exact correct opinion to have of yourself at any given time. <laughs> The thing about most professional athletes is like the vast majority, unless they grew up in a really extreme situation, is they were the best player they'd ever seen for like 17 years at minimum most of the time. Maybe like AAU circuit changes it a little bit, especially if you grew up in a, in a, in a place where A, there's not a lot of professional athletes or there's not or a different country um, if, if you're in basketball. Like, you really just don't see anybody like yourself for a while. So then you're like, oh, cool. I'm the greatest in the world. And then then it, then it goes, you know? Like, if you grew up in Miami or Los Angeles and you're a football player, it's different. But you should be ranking yourself number one at all times. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm the number one uh, NFL writer in the world. How about that? Yeah. Mm. Well, How about uh, that, chumps? Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> you, you, you can only do that if you're on a pod with a bunch of NFL receivers who are ranking yeah, 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 NFL yeah, yeah. members. You can't do that. We can actually, we can actually fact check you. We can actually yeah. fact check you. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't, like Justin Jefferson knows ball. We know sports writing. So we, Ben and I would obviously, yeah. you know, uh, put you in your place. You guys don't yeah, attend. All. <laughs> 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 all right. So uh, speaking of receiver news, nice little peg. Uh, Terry McLaurin has signed an extension with, the do I have to say the commanders? Can I just say the football team? I mean, come on, sure. Um, three year extension worth up to 71 million dollars includes 28 million dollar signing bonus 
um, which I believe I said puts him in the top five of highest paid wide receivers. Uh, the bonus is the largest signing bonus ever given to a wide receiver. This ends a little bit of contract drama. It wasn't anything significant, but we saw it a little bit this summer. Maybe this could have uh, dragged on a little bit, but I think everybody kind of expected this. Ben Solak, uh, Terry McLaurin, top five paid wide receiver. Seem fair to you? Uh, it's a little much. Uh, it's not like Washington's lining up to play pay anybody else in their offense. Yeah, so this is in the Rams, of, okay? Yeah, this is like yeah. the Rams. Like, oh, well, how are we going to pay these guys? Yeah, it's a little bit like, oh, that's a lot of money. And then you look at the rest of Washington's offensive cap sheet, especially with Brandon Scherf under the building, and you go, oh, okay, who cares? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're chilling. We got money on this side of the ball. Defensively, obviously, they have some big contracts that I think are coming down the mountain and, and are currently on that, that side of the football, and that was what was supposed to win games for them. McLaurin uh-huh. has just been such an amazing return on a third-round pick and is really the only linchpin on that offense right now. It's understandable why they decided to give him a big contract. With that said, we cannot just, wow, Christian Kirk, how nice, this contract. 76% yeah. of this is guaranteed at signing per reports. That's mm-hmm. a lot. $28 million on the signing bonus. So you said it's the biggest number. That's a lot. This is not just a big contract. This is a very, very, very guaranteed contract, which... All right. Uh, you had to make him happy. He was clearly upset with how things were going. I get it. But this is really a, a step above just like, oh, Christian Kirk is kind of ballooning the market. This is a ton of guaranteed money. Yeah. On a second year deal for a guy who we don't, I don't think we're going to really rank him when we get to the rankings here. I, he's not on my list. He's not, I already saw Steven's list. Um, what a competitive advantage for me that I already saw Steven's list before I got to make my own. I'm um, very worried but, now. Because that means I'm going to be the subject of all <laughs> surprise. No. I threw some curveballs at him. I switched up, switched up some things. Oh, whoa! Not a lot. Not a lot, though. Not a lot. Whoa! It's like it's like when a uh, team doesn't show anything in the preseason. It's like the magic, you know, uh, going covert <laughs> for the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's what I did. You went very vanilla on your list when we discussed it with Justin last week. Uh, counterpoint to that: If you're Big Terry F1, as they call him, because of the uh, McLaren nickname, um, if you're Terry, you don't want to stay in Washington necessarily like crappy quarterback crappy franchise like this was this was a a uh, a bonus almost to just end the drama because if I'm Terry I don't I would not take market rate to play for that team yeah yeah, yeah I think it's just the cost of doing business when you're that yeah. type of organization in that spot I'm just I'm really happy for the the social team it's been a while <laughs> since they could just tweet out a a good one yeah Finally, they finally got. They're like, this one's easy. This one's easy. Hey, it's going to take none of who, the, our training. Who signed off on this? Since Daniel Snyder's out of the country on a boat and can't respond. Yeah, to exactly. Yeah, Snyder signed off on the deal. He can't get be subpoenaed. We can't find him for that. But we can find him to uh, design Terry McLaurin. Um, I will say that in terms of Terry staying in Washington, we need to see the structure. But generally, the more guaranteed money there is the more money the team has paid up front, the easier yes. it is to trade the contract later. As opposed to when you have like a lot of base salary money, non-guaranteed money, yeah. that's money that the acquiring team would be on the hook for in the event of a trade. So this does, structurally maybe, we gotta like wait and see, but it does sound like this would be a position where if Terry gets to the penultimate year or the final year of yeah. this deal, is in a position where he is a very cheap trade acquisition on the salary cap, not necessarily in, in trade return, for an acquiring team, which... You know, it's kind of calling call a very long shot there, but there's ways for Terry to still get out of Washington. This is the Bradley Beal of receivers. Just get the bag and worry yeah. about winning. Worry about leaving Washington later. How, Shout how out Stephen Ruiz. There you guys. <laughs>
No, that's a good analogy, and I stand by it, Ruiz. No, Just because are you are you are you actually a Wizards fan? Yeah. I go to like okay. 15 games a year. Kevin, that doesn't is this your mean first anything. One seeing him in the wild, seeing one in the wild. No, we have Joe House. Yeah, Joe House. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, I was going to go to a Wizards Magic game a couple of years ago when I was in DC, incidentally, and then Antonio Brown got traded. So, who knows what what my life would have turned I'm out? Anti, I'm anti. I'm anti Beal. By the way, good riddance. Good riddance. Get him out. Okay. Really? Yeah. They would have beat the Celtics a couple of years ago in the playoffs when they they yeah. went to Game Seven if Bradley Beal could uh, make crunch time buckets. Yeah, got to got to build around Chris uh, Stapps. Is he still what there? is? What are you there. talking about? Like, would they have even been in position to win if not for Bradley Beal? Yeah, he wasn't that good in that series. Uh, it was uh, John Wall. Yeah, John but Wall you, the team. only only John Wall's fans not there of, anymore. Only fans of good teams just get blow to say our yeah. star wasn't that good in that playoff series. He's a losing <laughs> player. He's a losing player. This is start over. This is unbelievable. Um, all right, let's move on before we this this becomes a Bradley Beal podcast. Do we have? We have like a hundred other podcasts at this company where you could just sound off on the Bradley Beal take and we, we sh- you should get booked on one. All right. That'd be great. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, St- Steph, will, we'll, we'll get the ball rolling after this. Um, we got we got to get Bradley Beal as a losing player take out into the in, into the broader public NBA sphere. Um, all right. We're doing top 10 receivers. Um, why don't we just start with number 10, Ben Solak? You want... Them in, in, like you want them in junks or just go 10 just like singular? let's go 10 through 7 okay uh, I felt really good about my first 8 the last 2 are the tough ones for me uh, and so a lot you of tried names... to rank you tried to rank 17 players earlier today yes I, I mean I did rank 17 players just <laughs> in the process of figuring this all out but for me uh, 10 is DeAndre Hopkins 9 Jamar Chase 8 Mike Evans and then 7 which is the next tier up for me those 3 are in kind of the third tier uh, is Debo Samuel that's my 10 through yeah. 7 um Hopkins just kind of gets in a little bit of like, uh, yeah, yeah. We we there's been injury. They have been figuring stuff out in that offense. We know him to be a potentially elite receiver as far as like two years ago, and he deserves the benefit of the doubt there. I had Chase at nine. I struggled with Jamar Chase. We talked a lot about Jamar Chase during the season. I went back and I looked through the numbers, and they're still just staggering in terms of how well over expectation he played, how well yards after catch over expectation, deep catching percentage across the middle of the season. There is stuff there that. He can remain one of the best receivers in the league. And all of that will still regress because it's just astronomical in terms of how he produced above expectation relative to his opportunity. And there's so many good things going for him in terms of continuing to get looks, you know, playing for Joe Burrow and having such a good rookie season, building momentum. All of this is true, but for for his body type and for his play style, this was outlier production. And if he does it... Mm -hmm two years in a row and three years in a row, I'm very happy to call him unique. I'm very happy to call him best of the best. I'm not there yet. Uh, to me, I, I expect a step back in production, step back in dominance, mm-hmm. even if the film remains quite good. So Chase sticks in, in tier three for me. Mike Evans, uh, eight eight consecutive seasons with 1,000 receiving yards. He also is not the same receiver he was. Like when it was Jameis, he was an outside skyscraper, outside mm-hmm. of the numbers, downfield guy. And then Tom Brady comes to town and he just all of a sudden has to become like a timing receiver. He's running out of the slot a lot more. The fact that he's still consistently producing is absurd. I felt very strongly about getting Mike Evans into a pole position in this group. He's an incredible player. And then freaking Debo is amazing even as a receiver. I'm sure there'll be Debo debates further down the line. But those are my bottom four. There will be a Debo debate, but I want to not get to that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not have Hopkins on the list for two reasons. Number one, played 10 games last year, under 600 yards, obviously banged up. This year he's suspended. Um, 
I just don't, if we're talking about value in 2022, like being suspended to start the season is, is just, I'm sorry, like that's not a top 10 player to me. I'm like from talent, like if we're doing the whole start a franchise thing, yeah, like I'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team for one year in a vacuum, but like we're just doing a list for 2022. And so Hopkins is, is in the Solak zone of, of like my next eight guys um, yeah. off of the top 10. It's a very um, convenient zone. It's a handy zone. It's a very convenient zone. Also, you don't because you don't actually list them. You can just you can just name as many yeah. people as you want and put in that zone. Right. It doesn't matter. It's not like you're. They're it's, all it's, eleven. It's not, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like the Bruce Arians thing about how he talks about how his favorite quarterbacks. He he always says my top three favorite quarterbacks. He names two, and then he leaves the third anonymous because he wants everybody to think it's them. You, you think Blaine Gabbard is like? Yeah, playing I'm, I'm like, he's talking about me. He's talking about me, bro. He's talking about me. He um, might be. Right, I'm, I mean, he might be. I don't know. Um, so, you think Tom Brady's on that list? Nah. Nah. Uh, all right. So, I, I actually, this Lifetime Achievement Award, he's still a solid player. His role changed last year. Played more in the slot than any other season. I'm going to put Keenan Allen there, number 10. Julian Whoa. Edelman, Julian Edelman put him at three yesterday on... Some on a show he was on, and I everybody got really mad. Um, Keenan Allen is still a very, very valuable player, and kind of what we were talking about all year like, we can't qualify the entire Chargers offense with the phrase Joe Lombardi and not qualify the, the people within it outside of Justin Herbert. So, still a quality player. Um, I'm, I'm throwing it in there. Um, it was interesting Keenan, because Keenan at three is a very I know ball take where you like really want to prove you know ball, and it's a little bit too much. Well, too much I know ball from from my wow. That's how I know ball in like 2016, though. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. Is it's like a, oh, you know what people who know ball do? They put Keenan Allen in the top five. It's like we see through this one now, Julian. We know it's just two slant boys, you know, sticking together. <laughs> where, where do you have, where do you have Michael Thomas? Where do you have Mike? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I have um. I did not see. I don't think Julian Edelman ranked Michael Thomas. We can, we should get Julian Allen to rank his top, his top like top ten receivers and to see how it goes. I think Julian Edelman knows more than us, and I I appreciate him getting the debate started. Uh, Keenan Allen quote tweeted Julian Edelman's take and said something about how everybody's salty. So that's the that's how you know it's a good take. Uh, by the way, Michael Thomas in the last five seasons has the most ten reception hundred yard game because Keenan Allen is ninth. Devontae's 14th, Antonio Brown's 10th, Hopkins is 10th, uh, and, and Keenan Allen's 9th, excuse me, so 5th overall. Anyway, that just th- thought, that was, thought that was interesting. Um, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans. Um, Ruiz, you do not have Debo Samuel on your list, is that correct? I do not. Okay, so do your, t- do your guys, and then Ben and Ruiz yell at each other. <laughs> All right, number 10 is Calvin Ridley. Uh, I'll, t- I'll explain that <laughs> I one later. About I, this. I, I forgot I, about I already, this. I, 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 yes. I now know where Debo yes. Samuel should be. Why? What's wrong with with Calvin? He's a tough cover. Calvin is very He's good. not in the league. He's a very good receiver. Top He's 10. not as good as Debo. This is the, the top ten. He's going to end up at that the pool at Harrah's or whatever it's called. That's where he's going to be watching this season. I don't know. I just think the separation he creates, the the, the spread between him and the corner just makes things easier on the quarterback. Like when you're throwing to Calvin Ridley, it's a lock that you're going to get a completion. I, he can win all over the field, over the coverage, under the coverage, either one, either one you want. Yeah. Against the spread. Against the spread. Betting the total. (laughs) Yeah. What on earth? The VIG, things of that nature. (laughs) I just wanted to make betting puns. And I, I, I appreciate Kevin acting surprised. 
He's the one that told me to put him on my list so we can no, make No, you Pet, sent Betty me the Pump. list. You sent me the list and you said, what do you think about Ridley and Hopkins? And I was like, if you think they're the best, fine. And then you had Debo and CD off the list. And I was like, I, you know, I, pr- I would prefer those guys. If it's me, I like guys. Avail- ability is the best. Uh, availability is the best ability. And typically, I like the guys who don't get suspended for a year for, for betting on games. But even if even if we take the suspension completely out of it and look at, at on-field performance, I think that Calvin Ridley is a, is a wonderful player. I think that he is a tough cover. I think he's a separator against press man. I think he wins against off man. I think he finds spaces between zones. I think he's great. I also think that's true of Terry McLaurin and Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin and a lot of players. To me, I struggle to find something in Ridley that is paramount, that is, is 90th, 95th percentile that really places him in an elite tier or a just sub-elite tier, which is where we got to be when we're doing top 10 receivers. Because there are 20, 25 guys who just in the league are awesome, who just can go off for 150 yards right now. It is a passing league. Whereas with a player like Debo Samuel, who you don't have ranked, there is such a unique ability here. There is a foundational keystone, cornerstone ability in Debo Samuel around which an entire passing game is predicated. San Francisco's passing offense does not work without Debo Samuel in the building. And, and yet, on obvious passing downs, he is not the same threat as any of those guys you just named. He does not have the same level of production. His numbers are padded by plays that I think where he's predetermined as the recipient of the pass. Like those, the jet sweeps beyond the line count as passes. I think that inflates his uh, yards per route run, which I believe you can use to argue that he's better than other receivers. Steven's saying this because I sent Debo's yards per route run in a group chat three hours ago, and he sat there quietly, didn't say anything, knowing he was going to argue with Debo later. I save it for the pod. I save it for the pod. That's reprehensible. That's bad tastemanship. Anyway, I just wanted to make betting puns, okay? They were good puns. I'm glad I had a whole I had a whole paragraph and you guys stepped all over it. I'm going to send it to you guys later. I'm glad. No, give it. Give it. Give the paragraph. I'm serious. Give the paragraph. No, I already like read off like three of the random lines. I ruined it. it. I ruined it. Okay. I'll tweet it out later. I'll tweet it out later. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah, I am glad that Ridley got a mention because I think for his on field playing, he deserves it. Really good football player. I just, to me, I don't even think about him on a Debo tier just because of, of the, the, the skill set that Debo brings you is singular. I would agree with that, but I don't think it's as valuable as the, the skill set Ridley has on obvious passing downs. And I think that's a big down in this, in this league. I think it's the down in this league. And I, I don't know. I don't think Debo's quite that player. I Debo at six. Debo I Samuel... Just- 2021 targets in the intermediate area of the field, 8.5 uh, yards after catch per reception, which was fourth in the league. Yards per route run first, 15.38. So yes, the underneath stuff is awesome. You also know who's probably one of the two best intermediate receivers in the NFL right now? Debo Samuel. Mm. Is that because he plays for Kyle Shanahan? Mm. Chicken and egg, baby. You are where you are, all right? Calvin really could have been playing for Arthur There's Smith a- this year and getting all that boon, but guess what he's doing? <laughs> I I, <laughs> I I can't wait. Oh, hold up, hold up! I can't believe Ben is slandering a fellow D-Gen right now. <laughs> True, actually, yeah, he's after my own heart. All right, a couple things. Number one, I think that we get in like the Kyle Shanahan question is also going to be the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers question. It's also going to be the Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay question. It's really hard. And when I looked at my list, I felt it was a little bit unfair 
to just rank the guys in the best situations as being the best receivers. Like, we don't know. Like, the, Alan Robinson might be on our list next year when we see the situation that he's put in. Um, Terry I'll McLaurin. I'll my hat if Alan Robinson ends up on this list next year. Okay. Like I'm just giving you an example. <laughs> Terry McLaurin is in an extremely unfair situation where he never... I agree. He has, it's a mixture of bad coaching, bad quarterback, whatever. Calvin Ridley would have had an unbelievable chance to prove that he is a, a transcendent receiver had he not been suspended for the entire year. Okay, so do you rank Metcalf? Because Metcalf was the toughest guy for me to figure out on this list. Because when we talk about skill set, matching yeah. play calling theory, matching quarterback, it does not get neater than what DK Metcalf was for the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson over the last couple of years. However, we saw the limit to that. We saw the volatility of that, right? There are always those games where the Seahawks score 19 points and Metcalf has 10 targets, four catches, 62 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like they tried to funnel this downfield stuff to him, just couldn't connect. And then you also have a Tyler Lockett on that same team who, guess what? It's also mm-hmm. really, really effective downfield because it turns out 90% of good downfield receiving production is just good downfield quarterback play. Uh, and so so Metcalf to me is, is the figurehead for that argument where how do we parse what the scheme is asking you to do, what the quarterback is asking you to do, and then particularly Metcalf's t- case, what are you just good at? Because Metcalf is a very fine, acceptable receiver in a lot of facets, except for one downfield vertical, in which he is just a dominant physical force. Yeah, I don't have him in my top 10, but I think if you make the the Debo argument that he has this singular skill set, I I think you can make the same type of argument for yes. DK. I, so, I- I is agree. he on your list? So no, he's not. He's twelve, and that's why. I should, I, and that's why. <laughs> he's and that's why. Yeah, he's tied that, for twelve with and that's ten other people. I really struggle. Exactly. That's the thing is, is now all of a sudden we're we're talking about okay in terms of guys with singular skill sets, in terms of guys who are specific fits for specific offenses. What matters to us the most in in the way the league is currently moving offensively? If I had to choose between extremely good yards after catch guy who can create after the catch on downfield targets, on intermediate targets, not just on screens, not just on quick throws, but on throws across the middle of the field. Choose between that prototype, that player, and downfield skyscraper vertical outside the numbers receiver who can win catches in the air, who can uh, survive hits from safeties, who can track the football. I'm probably choosing the first prototype because of where the league is going. But that's then we're really parsing hairs there in terms of what you would want your offense to be. That brings up somebody like Debo, brings up somebody like A.J. Brown, brings up even a Jamar Chase, who, similar target distribution to D.K. Metcalf, much better creating out after the catch than D.K. Metcalf was. I'll say this for the Cooper Cup section, because I think there's going to be some disagreement there, but I don't necessarily agree with you that where the league is going, that that's more important than some guy that you could could isolate on the backside of trips and force the defense to account for that. It's a, I think it's DK a, it's is a that. Very, it's a very warranted argument. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out. But uh, did I go over the rest of my... Uh, no. no. Okay, I got Hopkins at nine. I His numbers were down even before the injury, but like efficiency-wise, they were way up. He was second in EPA per target. He was first in success rate. So, I mean, I, I think we're sleeping on Hopkins just because we didn't see him last year. We're not going to see him for the first half of this year. But he's a... I think when he's going well and when he's playing 17 games per season. He's a top five receiver, I think, still. Uh, the rest of my list, I think I, I have Chase at eight, and then I have A.J. Brown at seven. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. That the rest of that tracks the Hopkins thing. I guess again, it's just a, a difference of 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 how we view that um, his season last year and his season this year, and kind of what well, the tiebreakers, I guess, within that Solak zone. Uh, six through let's do six through four, Ben. All right. Uh, so yeah. So Debo was the the bottom of tier two for me. Uh, six through four, all in tier two for me. That's Stephon Diggs at six, Justin Jefferson at five, and then AJ Brown at four. Uh, three unbelievable receivers coming off mm-hmm. a little bit of a down year for for Stephon Diggs. Uh, second year with um with Josh Allen, he was second in yards per route run in 2019, sixth in yards per route run in 2020, and then went down to 22nd, 1.91. Oh no, the sky's falling. I think Diggs caught some bad breaks. I think Diggs. Dropped two passes he should have caught, got tackled in two, uh, you know, near breakaways that he could have broken away, and all of a sudden it looks like he's taking a step back. I'm I'm very confident he bounces back, but it did make him tough to rank him over a guy like Justin Jefferson, who replaced mm-hmm. him in Minnesota. Unbelievable downfield receiver. He is the the pinnacle of this this Calvin Ridley grouping of receivers we're talking about, where there's just simply nothing he can't handle. There's very few coverage. There's very few cover men that I would be like, ah, Justin Jefferson, they got him, you know, set up. You know what I mean? And offensively, because of the way Minnesota plays condensed sets and runs the football, it's it's tough as well to, like, get cones on him. It's tough as well to get double teams on him. And that we've seen be to Justin Jefferson's benefit over the course of the last two years. Uh, Jefferson also is a question mark of, like, quarterback-wise, there's a chance, you know, instead of a top five receiver, he could be a top three receiver if, if, if mm-hmm. things were a little bit different for him. But he does have the most receiving yards of any receiver in their first two seasons. So, it's probably fair. Uh, I came into this expecting to rank AJ Brown lower than I ended up with him at. He is fourth. go birds. Yeah, and and like go birds, but also holy smokes, he's good. Yeah. Like I, I I did not have an appreciation for just how effective he'd been. Only two receivers have been uh, top ten in yards per route run over the last three years. It's Devontae Adams and AJ Brown. Uh, eighth, third, and third over the last three seasons. Uh, the most effective uh, receiver creating after the catch consistently over the last two years, not named Debo Samuel. Uh, Nate Tice tweeted out a couple hours ago that in terms of uh, first downs per yeah. route run, he's second in the league behind Devontae Adams. I mean, the ability to create explosives and create first downs over the middle of the field, extremely valuable skill in the modern NFL, and I don't think anybody does it better than A.J. Brown. The asterisk for Brown is availability. He takes a lot of hits. And a lot of hits comes a lot of nagging injury. Nagging injury can come both fluctuations in play and also fluctuations in availability. So if Brown is able to hold together and lace together 16-game seasons, 17-game seasons, excuse me, uh, then I think he's going to be clearly like, it's going to be Adams, Cup, uh, Hill, and A.J. Brown as like the four best receivers in the league. I think that's that's where it belongs, but I don't think we're going to get those 17-game seasons out of Brown, and that's always going to leave him, I think, a step below the other guys. Two things. Number one, however worried you are about availability on this list for players, Ruiz has completely like expanded the, the definition yeah. of how we're viewing that. So don't feel weird if you're knocking guys for that. Can you give me a minute on 
how A.J. Brown is going to change his Eagles offense? Yeah, so look at Jalen Hurts' uh, passing distribution, where he threw the ball last year, and there's just a big blue spot, a big cold area in the heat map right in that middle of the field. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why that area of the field wasn't good for the, the Eagles' passing game. A lot of it had to do with what Jalen Hurts was comfortable throwing. He doesn't like to throw over the middle of the field. He doesn't have the anticipation necessary to throw over the middle of the field. But the Eagles also just didn't have a target that really worked that, that area well. They had Dallas Goddard. But Goddard plays in line for them a lot. So you can't really get him on inbreakers into the middle of the field when he's already lining up in the core of the formation. Other than that, they had 170 pounds of Devontae Smith, 175 pounds of Quez Watkins, 190 pounds of I hate contact Jalen Rager. They had nobody at receiver who could work this area of the field that just requires you to be big, physical, wing contested catch and take hits. Like Devontae is very impressive on that scale for his size, but it's still not the dude you want in that area. So the Eagles went and got that target. There was nobody better between the hashes, 10 to 19, than A.J. Brown. What he allows them to do is, A, throw the ball to that area more, potentially get better passing distributions. Hurts plays more in rhythm. The passing game is better. But far more importantly, B, figure out if Hurts is the guy. They got to start thinking about contract extension or moving on about Jalen Hurts in the 2023 offseason. That is happening next offseason. They really are going to have to make a decision at that point. If they can't get the middle of the field working and access the entire field in the passing game, all distributions, full field reads, with Jalen Hurts having A.J. Brown, Hurts is never going to do it. If, if, if A.J. Brown doesn't solve it, it ain't going to get solved. And now you know that you, you need to move on and find somebody who can just throw the ball a little bit better. Uh, so he helps the offense short term, but really it's the long-term implications of solving this Jalen Hurts contract extension or not conundrum that really, I think, benefits the Eagles long term. That's all... All good points. I'm I'm in on AJ Brown. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Um, yeah, great. I'm, I'm I'm expecting big things. All right. Um, I'm gonna do. I'll do my six before Debo. I already said Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill is my number four. So, Ooh. oh, okay. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's I, honestly the top is interchangeable. It's it gets to what you said. What did you say that there's eight elite receivers and then like yeah. Yeah, what, so, 10 so, guys? Yeah, I have like seven in my first two t- in my first two tiers. And to me, like when we talk about elite, I always like get fin- persnickety about this. But elite yeah. to me is like top 10%. Really, it's like top 5%. If, you, if I'm to call you elite, you better be up there. And for me, if there are 32 teams starting three receivers, we got about 90 starting receivers in the league. There should be like seven, eight, nine elite guys. And for me, like seven, eight, that's, that, that's the cutoff. And everybody else, you're very good, but you're not in the elite tiers. That's, that's like 10%. Ben, I yeah. think your math. I think your math. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying like 10% like works as like a nice, you know, oh, okay. upper echelon. Really, it probably should be less, but like there's 32 starting quarterbacks. So if we're doing yeah. like elite is the top 5%, that means you get one and a half starting quarterback. You pick who it is. You know what I mean? So, like that, that gets tough. I think it's different in that there aren't a lot of really, really, really good quarterbacks who aren't elite. There's not a lot of them. And there are with wide receivers. And a lot of that is, and this is something that, I've been writing about for five years about just like the development of the position, the seven on seven leagues, all of those things that help the, the rules, the the athletes that play the position now. Um, it's just a little different. And because of this, you have a kind of, it's kind of a lot of six, two guys who move. Like they would be the fastest people in the entire decade of the nineties. Like there's, there's, there's like 50 of those guys. And so the difference between, an A-level receiver and a B-level receiver, I think, has never been 
the gap has never been smaller. But I, and I also think that there's other positions where that's that's not as true. So I, I almost believe that having an elite receiver, although extremely important, I mean we've had this positional value debate all all spring and all summer. Um, you can find B plus guys pretty easily now for for, for kind of cheap, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I had trouble making this list because of that. And I know I'm going to get in trouble for my number five guy. So let's just get this out of the way. Okay. Uh, I went six, Mike Evans, five uh, recent guests on the pod, Cooper Cup. I have met five. And then Stefan Diggs at four. And then can I add in my third just because I think these, those three are interchangeable? Uh-huh. Tyreek Hill. I, put, I would put Hill, Diggs, and Cup on the same plane. Uh, okay. They're hard to compare just because they play diff- uh, different positions. They play, they have different approaches to the position. So it's hard for me to compare them. Either one could be three, either one could be five. I think they're all elite receivers. I think that's where the cutoff is. So I did not have Cooper Cup at five. No, you did not. I think you're wrong about this. So, Ben, I'll, let, me, let, me, let me start this. So first things first is last year he led the NFL Cup in receptions, touchdowns, receiving yards. He had the best. I was trying to find it. PFF doesn't actually sort by this, but I think he had the best run blocking grade of any wide receiver um, by quite a bit, by about, I don't even know how you would call it, but like 20 points maybe. Um, Nelson Aguilar was in that mix. Adam Thielen, Jalen Waddell all were over 60, but he was in the 80s, and I think he was the only receiver like that as far as someone who does his job as well as they possibly could in football i don't know how you could have many people ahead of of cooper cup in any position as far as what he's asked to do and what he does and i don't i'm sure you'll have arguments for it and again it goes back to yeah it's a nice luxury with sean McVay and matthew stafford and all that talent around him the offensive line like he is in as good a situation as 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 there is but it's also a chicken and egg thing a lot of that offense runs because of the things Cooper Cup can do. And I think you'd have a tough time replacing Cooper Cup in that offense. Yeah, so I went into this exercise not like trying to find a way to knock Cup down, but like I just said to myself very much what you said. Like, all right, Matt Stafford and Sean McVay, some receiver was going to be good. I put Joe, Joe, Joe Schmo there. He's going to have a better season than he did. Like, this is awesome. So there's got to be, like, you know, Cup was really good, but there's going to be receivers that are better than him. And then I watched film. And honestly, I was planning on watching more film than other receivers. I just ended up watching a lot of Cup's Rams offense because I was like, man, holy smokes, he's good. He's just, and and whenever we do these lists, like, Kevin, you always talk about, like, availability, you know, building a team for the 2022 season, you know, what what what's, uh you know, like, what recent production. I'm always, like, I always just try to, go, like, who's the most talented? Who's the best? Like, I, I try to, like, keep it abstract and just, like, watch him and, like, Figure out who's the best and be honest with that. And Cup's just so wicked good. He's just doggone good ball player. And and while somebody being a 9 out of 10 in every facet is not exciting, especially relative to like a Devontae Adams, who's just the most clinical, the most cerebral, the most intelligent receiver in the league. A Tyreek Hill is just the most explosive, the best accelerator, the most downfield receiver in the league. Cup's just good. Uh, there, there, there's He's very good. It He's does, an elite yeah, receiver, right? And, and and having him like five relative to like I have him at two, like it doesn't that doesn't bother me because right at this point we are parsing hairs. But I I I I have Jamar Chase at nine, and I think that's lower than a lot of people would have him. And it's because like 
you know, receiving yards over expectation, really high. Yak over expectation, really high. I think that's going to regress. Cup also really high receiving yards over expectation, really high yak over expectation. I, for whatever reason, watch Cup, watch Chase, and I'm more confident in Cup keeping those numbers at, at a sky high level. He is unbelievably polished. He's unbelievably detailed. He's explosive. He's physical. He's, he, he, is, he is technical. He is all that in a bag of chips. And so, yeah, Cooper Cup at two, Cooper Cup at five, just so long as we're acknowledging that while there was a Matt Stafford Boone and there is a Sean McVay bump, Cooper Cup's also just an elite receiver in his own right. I, I'm fine with it. No, I, I uh, agree uh, that, he, that he is. Here's my argument. I, I don't think he is the type of receiver you could just line up on one side of the field and ask you to go get open. And he's maybe he is I that agree. player, but the Rams have never used him like that. These are players that have more ISO targets. Yeah, ISO targets than him. DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, McLaurin, Devontae, DK, Cooks. These are all like elite receivers. They're at the top of the league in that. And Cooper Cup is all the way down in the 40s. He's below Tyler Higby on the ramps. He's below but Van that, Jefferson. That, to, me, to me, like that's always been a function of the way the Rams work, number one. Number two, they got Odell for that reason, right? Like, they, in because week 11, they, in weeks 11. Right, but they, they didn't want to put Cup there because of how good he is where he is. And so they added Odell, and now it's Allen Robinson, to let somebody else play the backside X because they're so good at opening guys up on the front side anyway. And Cup is a huge part of that. Right, I agree with that. But I do think it makes his job easier. He's not playing on the line of scrimmage. He's not dealing with a lot of press coverage, at least com in comparison to the elite receivers that we also have highly ranked. They're right. getting targets on late downs. He's getting a, the bulk of his targets. The bulk of his EPA, the bulk of his production yep. has came on downs with a drop back probability under 70. You look so at Justin you, Jefferson, right. the bulk of his production came on uh, drop backs with a drop back probability over 70. He's doing his work when the defense knows that they're passing. Cooper Cup ne not, isn't necessarily doing that. Do you think I'm of Justin so Jefferson? Do you think of Jeff got put in Cup's role? We're about to find out. Yeah. I don't, Wait, I don't, I don't ben, think we will. Ben. I, we have some confirmation. Oh, is this, that maybe is this in the we're interview? trending? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're trending towards that direction in the next segment. Trust me, we're right. not. We didn't bring it up. Somebody yeah. else did. Yeah. Um, I, I have two things to say very quickly. Number one, and Ben, I, I want you to finish your point. Number one, I'm upset that actually we didn't have Cooper Cup sit in this instead of Justin and flip it because I want Ruiz to go at Cooper Cup and tell him he sucks just to see how it goes. I just called him elite. <laughs> that he can't be an ex-receiver or whatever, whatever metric Stephen Ruiz is, is using. I have something to say, which is, this is the, the uh, minimum 80 attempts. These are the highest passer ratings from quarterback and receiver last year. Okay? Number four is Tom Brady, Mike Evans. Number three is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. You're going to be blown away by number two, Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz. Number Thank one yeah. is Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. What do all of these have in common, start with an elite quarterback, okay? And taking advantage of what you have. And I don't, I don't think we need to qualify it. All of the best receivers in football that we consider the best receivers in football have an elite quarterback, with the exception of, I guess, Dalton Schultz. We didn't show him enough respect in the tight end episode. But he's in this genre of, of taking an elite quarterback, maximizing what he can do, but also maximizing better than anybody else in football the duo and the chemistry and, and uh, you know, just maximizing a partnership that um, I think is, is pretty special. And nobody statistically is better at maximizing an elite quarterback than Cooper Cup in 2021. But I don't think it changes the fact 
that his job is easier than the jobs of the other elite receivers we're talking about. He doesn't Whenever, get pressed. Yeah. He doesn't get pressed often. He doesn't get pressed like these guys do. He does. He gets more targets think, against base defenses. Yeah, He's running I, if over. If I'm not outs. mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Stephon Diggs had the most press uh, snaps last year, and so I, maybe he should be like number two. Well, he's number three or number four. I, I put Tyree Kill because we, Tyree we, Tyree. whenever no. yeah, whenever we do these rankings, whenever I do them with Steven, we always end up in one of these spots where it's like that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything about Cooper Cup. That tells me something about Sean McVay and about the other coordinators. Yeah. Well, like, I'm sorry, and, he makes life easier for everybody. Yeah, like to me, I can't. I can't way knock. Around. I can't knock Cup for the fact no, that I his bet, coordinator yeah. helped him. You know what yes, I'm saying? exactly. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. But where and and. and and I, I say this not to say like that's the right way to look at it, but to say I, I am always so appreciative of doing these with Steven because Steven focuses so intensely on the the premieres of the position, on the on the most difficult asks, on the most difficult contexts. And I don't do that. And oftentimes the truth is somewhere in the middle, or or you know, we're right on one player and then I'm right on the other player. Um for me, I just I don't think that I could take Tyree Kill or Justin Jefferson. Even like AJ Brown, who kind of like also plays like a, a bit of a bigger slot role, mm-hmm. and put them in the cup role in the, in the Rams offense with Matt Stafford, and expect the offense to be as good. And even though that role isn't the the titular split end X on the line of scrimmage, win on the one on one, win on the backside role, it's still a hugely valuable role to the way the Rams play offense. And Cup fits it and fills it and rocks it better than I think anybody else in the league would. And that is a testament to his ability. Right. But you could say the inverse of that. If we put him in Justin Jefferson's role with the Vikings, I don't think he puts up Justin Jefferson's numbers. I don't even think it's close. Right. I, I agree. But I'd say that the street's got to go both ways then. I don't think like- it goes both ways. I think Jefferson in the same role with the same usage, I, I, I don't think Justin Jefferson would have a problem running a deep over route when he's not getting collisioned at the line of scrimmage like Cooper Cup is. Like that's most of his production. If you break it down on early downs versus late downs, that's where he's getting most of his production. I think it's partly scheme works well. I, I agree. Now put him in another offense. Put him in Dallas's offense and see how see how that works. He'd be good at Dallas's offense. He's he would be good. I know. I said he's an elite runner. receiver. We oh. wouldn't be talking about him having the greatest receiver season of all time. So we you all know? agree Devontae Adams is number one, right? Yes. He had 163 <laughs> catchable targets. Good quarterback. That, that led the NFL by 26 targets. 26. Uh, Cups. It's, Cups. It's, not a, it's not a big Cups. part of catchable Cups targets the- getting open. He also led the league in yards by 300. Okay. So, like, what? what I, I, I can't apologize for taking Leaving advantage the of this. Lineup is good. I'm on with Kevin Clark. It is Line up outside. Line up outside, slot boy. 28th in yards per route run when he's lined up outside. 28th. Oh so, he's done it. He's I, just not, I honestly, not very I honestly efficient. Guess it was oh, good. Though. And get, so, he doesn't do it. Like, everybody's got limitations. He's not the perfect player. He's not LeBron. Yeah, but everyone else on this list can do everything. They can line up in the slot. They can line up outside. They can run deep routes. They can run short routes. They can run over the middle. We're talking about the elite of the this, elite. This is so nerdy to say, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, but I really don't think some of the other guys run short routes as well as Cup does. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to say that. route only worth six yards? Yes, I understand that. But in terms of, like, talent, in terms of how good a receiver is at his job and what he's asked to do, Cup really I, runs a dog on curl route, brother. Oh, Hunter, Ren- that, that, Hunter that, that, Renfro is really that, good at what he does too. That's what I was gonna say. No, what Renfro is good, but what I want to say is that so like I agree with you. 
if you put all, how many guys, I'd probably say there's 17 guys or something like that who are all on our top 10 list. Like if you just combine it, 17 different players. And I think you're overstating the amount of guys who would have more production and be more influential in the Cooper Cup role. No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm saying it's three because I haven't met. No, I'm saying it's four because I haven't met five. You're saying Devontae Adams in the Cooper Cup role would, would have those numbers. I think he'd be just fine. Adams, okay. Adams in any role at any time would have anybody yes, else. Yes, yes. They would figure it out. It would be a different type. I mean, they're just such different players. It's just a different, it's a, it's a different hypothetical. I'm saying that we're, I'm saying that the, he took advantage of the role he's in, which I don't think is an inherently bad thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't sit, set out to do a bunch of hypotheticals about who could do what roles. Like, it's not like the Twitter meme about how, like, this, this, this actor could do this, but couldn't do this. Like, it's, it's, I don't necessarily care about that. But I feel like those, those attributes, those skills have always been associated with number one receivers, the type of receivers that get paid. I think that's for a reason. I think coaches covet those players for a reason. I do agree. Like for McVay's offense, he's perfect. He's completely perfect. But what about for the other 31 teams? I think Stefan Diggs is a better fit for the other 31 teams. The other 31 teams suck at coordinating offense. Get him, Ben. Um, all right. Did not expect that, to be the Cooper Cup guy in this spot, but this is how it but goes has sometimes. everybody done six three four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's do three two one Ben Solak. Yeah, so Hill for me three, Cup at tier two. Um could have been bottom at tier one, just had to draw a line somewhere. Uh I have Cup at two, uh, and I have I have Devontae Adams at one. Uh Hill is a really interesting placement to me right now. I know that a couple years ago, Steven's thing was that Tyreek Hill was the best receiver in the league. And this was kind of like during like like prime like DeAndre Hopkins era, um, and a lot of it was like the downfield stuff and like how much the explosive play mattered. I think that we are going to see Tyreek's downfield efficacy tail off a little bit over the the coming years. He gets a little bit older. Uh, I think that the acceleration off of the line of scrimmage, the the instantaneous zero to sixty, is going to start to tail off due to the, some of the hamstring injuries. Uh, so I'm really I, I have him at three. He's an incredible talent. I'm very curious to see where he is in one or two years. He's to me, projects the sort of player whose who's tail off is rather steep, uh, does not like contact. And if he's not running away from guys, I'm not sure how that plays. Uh, cup at two, talked about Cup at nausea. Devontae Adams at one. Uh, I, if the Green Bay Packers are bad this year and Rodgers falls off and it's 100% because Devontae Adams is gone, I will be surprised, but I will also feel vindicated because I think he might be that important to every facet running game, other receivers' targets, it, the quick game, the RPO game, the audibles, red zone, everything the Packers did was predicated on the idea that Devontae Adams was just better than the other guys. Uh, it was so cool to see how singularly, uh, what, what a pillar he was to, to, to that offensive approach. I think they'll be fine. I think LeFleur's good at his job and Rodgers good at his job. I think the backfield's good. I think the line's good. But man, oh man, there's a way that, that Devontae leaves and that whole thing just crumbles to pieces. Conversely, uh, Derek Carr, baby, if he figures it out the way Rodgers did, where yeah. it's like, All right, I'll just throw it to this guy literally whenever I want. There's a way this gets really cool for Las Vegas really quick as well. Uh, Devontae is a uh, he's a nucleus. He truly is the core uh, of a passing yeah. game in, way, in the way in which I think none of these other receivers are. Love Devontae w- Adams. No, no more fun watching the league than Devontae. What are the chances, you think, percentage chances, that in Las Vegas after next year, Devontae Adams will still be number one. 65. 60, and what would it have been if he had stayed in Green Bay? 
Oh, like 80, 85. Yeah. Okay. I just want, I just wanted to see how much you, you, you think that changes the calculus. Yeah, Steven. I would agree. I just, the only reason I think his floor is a little lower is just because we haven't seen him without Rogers. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but also Rogers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr by a good amount, but Carr can still sling it. It's, it, I think they're, I think the, the, the floor is quite high for, but for I, I do think, production. I do think Devante has more protection than he's ever had around him. And I think that mm-hmm. can make him even more efficient. I don't, volume, he's not going to match the volume he had in Green Bay, but efficiency wise, I think he could even take another step. Yes. Um, also, Josh Daniels is a really good offensive coach and we'll have, we'll have stuff for him. It's not like he's, he's going to play for whomever. Um, uh, some bad offensive coordinator. It's not like he, he's going into to a wasteland here. Um, all right. So, Steven, three, two, one. I went Tyreek three, Justin Jefferson two, and then Devontae one. For all the reasons that uh, Ben laid out, just wins all over the field. Any way you split the field up, he's dominating in every mm-hmm. split. He's the only player who finished in the top 10 in all these splits in, in terms of total EPA. Targets from the slot, targets lined out wide, perimeter throws, throws to the middle of the field, under 10 air yards, over 10 air yards. Literally every single level of the field, he could do it all. He lines up everywhere. He beats any type of coverage you throw at him. He, like Ben said, he was everything to that passing game. He ran the, the, the go routes against man coverage. He ran the, the slants from the slot. He ran the bubble screens. He's just the perfect receiver. And honestly, there was like a time early in his career where I think he got a lot of crap for not being like a great separator. And he just got better. He got better every year until he got to this point. And I don't see it tailing off anytime soon. I had Justin Jefferson three, Cooper Cup two, Devontae Adams one. So it's unanimous. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. And Cooper Cup. Are you excited is, about that? Is fit. Cooper Cup is. Cooper Cup is. <laughs> I I love how both me and Ben at the beginning were like these are interchangeable. Like I could see him yeah, at yeah, two, yeah, I yeah. could see him at five, and then we just yelled at each other for the well, next. Because five. it's not about like the yelling and the disagreeing, which is about the conversation, right? right? Like I don't know. I always, as you guys very well know, because you exist with me in the group chat beforehand. I stress about these tremendously because I feel bad for getting it wrong. But then it's real. Like what matters not is it, the rankings don't matter nearly as much as like talking about receivers in cool ways. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would say Ruiz protected himself from getting some of it wrong because none of his guys are going to play this year. <laughs> oh, so just stunned by the Calvin Ridley inclusion. Even though he encouraged it. I will, I, I I will leak the text. It. Go to I will tape, leak the text. Get, I, please do. You sent me a list with two like options if, I, if, if we had to disqualify Hopkins and Ridley. And I said, you don't need to do that. Just, you know. Be who you are. Know thyself. And Ruiz knows thyself. Um, all right. Anything else, guys? Steven, it was still scummy. You let me build an argument off Debo Samuel's A dot. <laughs> Knew I was going to say it and then brought up the fact that A dot doesn't matter for Debo immediately. I do not respect that. Everything I'm sorry. Else. I was sitting on it. I was sitting on it. By the way, okay. Slack transcript. It's really funny to keep him in. So let's keep him in. That's Kevin Clark at 11.50 a.m. on Thursday, June 23rd. <laughs> Well, how is I just I just said that I, I you asked me to keep him in and I said yes. That has nothing to do. That does not uh, dispute my my th- uh, my account at all. So okay, much, sent me the so list. So much how the sausage is made for the listeners today. You sent here. Here's the actual thing. I okay. don't know. H M. Honorable mention: C. D. Lamb and Debo Samuel. 
I don't know whether to include Ridley and Hopkins, so I added two extras. So here's my list. And I said, Calvin in all caps. Yes. I said, let's keep him in. He said, it's really funny to keep him in, so let's keep him in. When did I ask, Kevin? This is content, baby. And then I said, and then you said you wanted to ask, you wanted to run that past Justin Jefferson with a bunch of betting puns. That's true. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. What what a time. What a what a journey this has been. Is Justin Jefferson after this now? Like, is this the first yes. half of this podcast? Good luck, yeah. Justin. Uh, all right, boys. This is fun. We'll see you next week. What are we doing next week? We do front seven, guys? No, no, we can't do all front seven. It's too much. I mean, we can't just go, we can't just go different layers of we don't have that much time until training camp. Two quarterbacks. Are we ready for quarterbacks? <laughs> I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared for Corner, corner. I know. Oh, okay. oh cornerbacks. Oh, yeah, well, we corner. do DB, DBs. Yeah. All right. We could, we, could do, we could do coaches. That's the one I've been waiting for. Steven's always got some coaches takes to fire off. Wide receiver coaches. Really get Steven working. Assisted defensive you know back what? coaches. You know what? Let's do coaches. All right, let's do it. Let's do coaches. All right, we'll see you next week for coaches. Here's Justin. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Justin Jefferson, NFL star, two-time second-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler, All-Rookie Team in 2020. Welcome to the Ring NFL Show. You're here with Madden. What's going on, Justin? Yeah, we're shooting today in L.A. Uh, this is a dream of mine to be, you know, a part of Madden and uh, to, you know, deal with the game on, the, on a serious note. Uh, definitely dreamt all my life to, you know, just be a part of the game, be a big feature in the game. So I'm definitely excited to be here today. What? What's your overall? What did they got you at? He was uh, ninety last year. Some somewhere in the nineties. You know, I, I'm fine. I'm fine as long as it's in the ninety. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to go for ninety. You got to demand ninety nine. You can't settle. For I, I think. I think after after this upcoming year, I, I can demand it. So no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Guys, so I think you're one of the most creative route runners in the NFL. Like at the line of scrimmage or even in, during the routes. And I'm wondering, like some of the the I don't know what to call it flair you kind of add to your routes. Is that like premeditated? Do you think like, oh, in the middle of the route, I'm going to do this? Or is it more like a feel thing? Like you're just reacting to DBs? Uh, I, I think it's more of a feel thing, just uh, going off of reacting. Um, you know, once you have something in mind, trying to go up to the line, uh, sometimes it might not work, you know, uh, or you can get stuck in trying to do something and it doesn't turn out the way you want it to. So uh, always got to have a clear mind going up to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and it's really just trying to be my man, whatever move that I can put together or, you know, if it's just a quick twitch or if it's just going straight off the ball. Uh, it's just, you know, just trying to be my man in front of me. I don't know if you remember this play, but you had a catch against the Browns. It was like near their sideline where it was, you were like kind of fell out of bounds. You remember that? And then yeah. you, like during the route, you did like a you like hopped on your left foot twice 
during the stem of the route and like blew by the guy like how do you, is that like something you came up with beforehand is that like a move that you've worked on or is that just something you just felt i just felt uh yeah i can't really explain how i really just come up with different stuff uh it's really just putting different moves together uh to to make them look differently and uh I don't know. Really just trying to get open, trying to get the It works. Ball. It works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin. So we're doing this week uh, on this show, the top 10 receivers. And obviously, uh, it is a bit of a conflict for you because you're on the list in the top 10 of the NFL. Uh, and I'm curious, before we get into sort of nitty gritty and, and how you feel about the top receivers in the NFL, um, how far do you think you are off of being the best receiver in football? Is that a goal you have? Do you think you're there now? Um, and how do you sort of perceive that the very tippy top of, of, of receivers right now, Justin? Uh, I, I honestly think I, I am, uh, you know, one of the tops. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, you know, hard to just put me at the top, especially with all of the things, you know, other players have been doing before I even got into the league. Uh, definitely, I, I feel like I'm one of the tops, uh, you know, especially after this season coming up, I feel like I'll be uh, the number one receiver. So, uh, I mean, it is all good. Everybody's going to have their own, you know, opinions and own uh, ways to put the to put the lineup together for the top 10. But, you know, I feel like I know where I stand at. And uh, as long as I know and, you know, I know that to, to keep pushing and to, to reach that number one spot, then you know, it's all great. I'm just glad because we all have our lists on it. It's for the 2022 season. So I'm just glad we got you on record that you are going to be number <laughs> one on your own list. That's important. Um, yeah. Who else is in that mix for you? Um, obviously, we have Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is coming up. Tyreek Hill is always doing it. Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, obviously uh, is going to miss part of this season. But who who's in the mix for you at, at kind of your your peers at the top there, Justin? I mean, sure, you pretty much just said majority of them. Uh, I mean, all of those guys has been doing a, a crazy, crazy career uh, into the league. Jamar coming straight from from Collywell, not even really playing uh, yep. to you know killing the league. So uh, all of those guys can be put anywhere on that on that list uh there is no correct list you know so yep. uh, i mean everybody should get their credit for for just being a, a top uh playmaking receiver and you know you never can really be right on those top 10 receivers uh well you, our lists are right our lists are right um can you take me right. through what what uh what what impresses you about Devonte? first of all Devonte is just his ability to get off the line of scrimmage his ability to uh, make everything look the same and be twitchy and still make it look different somehow. Um, I mean, his route running is crazy. Um, his ability to catch the ball, nowhere, no matter where it's put, you know, his catch frame is very, very wide. So uh, I, I loved him as a player. I always watched him and, and, you know, grew up on him, you know, watching different film and uh, stuff on him. I, I definitely was a, I watched him a lot. <laughs> are there any other guys that you you watched growing up? Because you are like a unique, yeah. unique type of receiver. Um, shoot, Keenan Allen. Uh, I was a mm. big fan of Keenan, uh, Devontae Adams, Odell. Uh, shoot, who else? Shit, Randy. I was a big yep. fan of Randy as a kid. Uh, I mean, those those really those four was really mixed into my game. Uh, really just getting different picks of uh, everybody. But I, I really didn't just focus on, you know, just 
you know, a few different players. I'm, I'm picking stuff from everybody. You know, I'm I'm a person that like to learn, like to, you know, find new ways to to better myself, better my game. So if, if I like a move that I've seen, you know, a little kid do, you know what I'm saying, that I feel like I'll be, you know, better at doing uh, uh, is a good move for me, then, you know, I'm going to add it towards my game. But I just like to learn and like to, you know, add different stuff towards my game. When you're talking about that education process, you know, in 2022, there's never been more information for an athlete, right? Like you can just, there's so many websites you can go on YouTube, whatever. I remember talking to Von Miller a couple of years ago and he was saying one of the things he likes to do and even know it would help him is he like listening to the greats get interviewed just to hear how they process the game, right? And I'm curious when you have that, all of that stuff at your fingertips, like it's not just you're sitting around watching Devontae Adams tape or watching Odell tape. It's just right. everything. Maybe it's even a look at their Instagram, whatever it is. When you're doing a deep dive on a guy, like how do you learn about who a guy is and, and what to emulate from him, Justin? Uh, I mean, well, first, uh, you know, you like to imitate somebody that has a, a that well, that is being a good role model. You know what I'm right. saying? That uh, doing stuff for the community, doing stuff for for the league, doing stuff you know that he doesn't have to do, but he's still doing it. Uh, so you know, all of those guys I've named has great characteristics. You know, uh, uh, I mean, just looking after Devontae Adams and seeing mm-hmm. the stuff he's doing, Keenan Allen does so much for for his his side uh i mean just just learning all of those different ways that people you know learn how how do they you know care their self and then you know that allows me to come into the league uh and knowing how to represent myself and knowing how to care myself and knowing how to be a professional just coming in and uh learning and you know just being able to be a coachable player um Two quick guys for analysis. First of all, what impressed you last year about Cooper Cup, um, where he basically broke every record, one offensive player of the year. Um, yeah. When you watch him, what do you say? I mean, he's a uh, he's creative. Uh, he's yeah. able to you know create space and get the ball. Uh, I mean, just his whole year last year was just unbelievable. Him putting up so many numbers. Uh, I mean, pretty much getting like ten plus catches a game, being wide open. Uh, I mean, he he had a fantastic season. Nobody can't take that away from him, uh, you know. And topping the season off with winning the Super Bowl, so he definitely right. had an unbelievable season. Uh, I mean, he's definitely you know ranked his name up even higher uh, than it was before. So yeah, he's he killed it. And Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek is Tyreek. Tyreek is the fastest guy in the league. You know, he's always be a threat no matter where he goes. You know, he's the he's the fast. He's the cheetah. So, you know, no matter where you put him on the field, he's always going to be a threat. He's always going to be, you know, double team or or looked at. Uh, so, he he's gonna he's gonna do whatever he has to do as soon as the ball touches him. Uh yeah. So speaking of Cooper Cup, that's the offense you're kind of going into this, yeah. this season. Now that you've you've gotten the playbook, you've gone yeah. through OTAs and stuff, do you have a sense of how your usage is going to change compared to last year or the first two years? Very. Uh, I mean, pretty much where Cooper Cup was at, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, but, I mean, my ability to move in different positions is going to be more. You know, I'm able to go in outside. I don't re- you don't really see Cooper Cup lining outside as many times as I would, you know, uh, me lining in the backfield or me just lining up in different positions to to get the ball. We all know, you know, there's going to be some cloud coverage, some double team coverage. So uh, Coach 
KO just, you know, putting me in different positions to to get the ball. Uh, if it's just a screen or if it's a quick throw, you know, just trying to get that momentum going throughout the game. Uh, and I, we all love the offense so far. You know, we're all we are killing it. We all, you know, just seeming to, to pick it up as easy. So just can't wait till the season starts. Is it is it more blocking? It seems like the Rams really had the receivers blocking. Now, you seem to be like enjoy the competitiveness of, of yeah. blocking. So are you looking forward to that if there is more blocking? I mean, uh, I feel like it wouldn't be any more blocking than we did before. You know, uh, you know, before we was a run first off, uh, offense. You know, now I feel like we're we're more on the passing first offense. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I feel like if anything, Dalvin would be catching the ball more than us blocking more. Uh, but either way it goes, you know, we we still have love for for Dalvin too to get the ball and, yeah. and do what you do. He's still a fantastic player. He's still one of the uh, best playmakers in the game, also. So being able to pass the ball and being able to run. Uh, it's going to do a lot of things for us. How much do you think the change in offense is going to accentuate your abilities just in the sense that last year, as you said, it was more run first. Uh, yeah. Now it's going to be more, you know, Kevin O'Connell, former quarterback, understands uh, the McVay system. How much of that pl- How much of that plays into what you feel the leap you're going to take in 2022 is? Yeah, uh, I feel like if I can, you know, have those many catches, those many yards off of a run first, then, you know, how many can I get off of a pass first? You know, right. uh, and put in different positions to get the ball, put me and put in way more different positions than I did before. Uh, I mean, just seeing what Cooper Cup did uh, last year, I mean, that that gives me so much hope, give me so much uh, excitement to, to see what I can be able to do in the same position that he was. Uh, him being so close to reaching the record, uh, you know, him getting a three crown, you know, all of those, all of those things that he accomplished uh, it's up in the air for me right now. So uh, we just got to, you know, buy into the system, uh, learn the plays. Um, and we all have the confidence that KO is going to, you know, d- distribute the ball to different people throughout the offense. And uh, I feel like we're going to have a, a whole different team, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so going on the other side of the ball, who we've already talked about the best receivers, who are the best corners that you've gone up? It, whether it's the last two years or even back in the SEC, because we know there's talented corners there too. Yeah, uh, I mean Jalen Ramsey, of course, is yeah. uh, top tier uh, cornerback. Uh, his ability to to be long and to be you know fast and to be aggressive. Uh, I mean that's definitely one of uh, the three things that you know is so difficult to get by him. And uh, he's also a, a smart player. Also, you know he he knows. Uh, you know, when some things are coming or, you know, when some in-breaking or out-breaking routes are coming. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely difficult to go against him, you know, how long and how tall he is. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is also uh, a difficult corner to go up against. He's twitchy, he's fast, uh, can't really, you know, beat him off the ball uh, too much. So it's all technical. You know, you just got to be more technical when you go up against those type of guys. Yeah. Uh, you just got to know every step counts. You know, every every uh, you know speed cut, every every you know yard, uh, every inch really counts. So, uh, yeah, it, it's difficult going against those guys, but you know, I love it because of the competition. Uh, I love it because of the exposure, uh, and I know you know all the whole world is watching that matchup. <laughs> I, I yeah. speaking of, I watched the Jalen Ramsey game yesterday. And if Kirk would have thrown you the ball on the couple, I think you would have had a much bigger game. You had you had sure. one in the end zone where you really beat him, and you had yeah, another. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that one. I wish I would have had that. I, I saw I saw you were mad, even though y'all scored a touchdown. <laughs> you were mad about it. But uh, 
you also had one where you you it was almost the same play as uh, Chase's big big catch against them in the Super Bowl, where you yeah. you ran down the sideline, you had to step on him, and Kirk threw the other side of the ball. I'm just wondering, do you think you won that matchup? <laughs> I mean. I mean, it's kind of hard not to say I didn't win it. I still finished the game with 100 plus yards. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll course. say you won it. I'll say it for you. You won. Thank you. Thank you. We I, did it. I mean, I, there's, there's always, I mean, there's always, you know, ifs, ands, and buts about it. You know, yeah. if if I would have got the ball on the on that that play, like you said, in the end zone, then, you know, people would have looked at it differently. So, uh, I mean, it's just all about the plays that are left on the field, uh, opportunities that are up for me to get. Uh, sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all what people see on the TV. You know, uh, yeah. a lot of people, you know, us as coaches, us as players, we watch film, we see the whole, we see the bird eye, you know, we see everything right. that's on the field. Yeah. Uh, TV only sees where the ball is going. So, right. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like I did a, a pretty good job going against him as my first time saying he's been in the league for plenty of years, only was my second. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I feel like I did a good job against him. Justin Jefferson, Madden is out August 19th. Anything else we need to know? Yes, that is the best game uh, ever. <laughs> uh, Madden 23, I'm excited for it. Uh, just like you said, August 19th, I'm ready for it. We're about to film out today. I'm excited. I wish y'all could see the setup that I'm looking at. I'm excited. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you to Ben Solak, Stephen Ruiz, and Justin Jefferson for the help. We will be back, as discussed, with Top 10 Coaches in the middle of next week. This has been the Ringer NFL Show Ringer Podcast Network. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for his help with additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramkapal. See you next week. Hold up. 